Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. This week's episode is brought to you by Go Rendezvous. Want to grow your practice and get more clients? Try Go Rendezvous, an all-in-one practice management software starting at only $49 per month. Let your clients book their appointments online, either on your free webpage or on your own website. Automate your administrative work with two-way SMS reminders, online payments, electronic charting, and an automated waitlist. Experience the difference with a free trial or book a one-on-one demo. Visit GoRendezvous.com today. G-O- R-E-N-D-E-Z-V-O-U-S dot com. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Osteo Connection. I'm your host, Kevin Longpray, with J-Bone Turnbull. J-Bone. Fresh back from Florida. Oh, look at that tan. As you can tell. (laughs) For those of you not on YouTube, it is blinding. (laughs) Uh, uh, And Dr. Sean Landry. Thank you for having us, Kevin. You're very welcome. You survived another Taekwondo class with I your did. kids. I did. Yeah, it was good great. for you. Yeah. No injuries? No, no. My left hip was a little, little fragile. Creaky? But yeah, a little creaky, but it was okay. There yeah. you go. Getting pretty good. Nice. Just see my, um, I, it was funny, Master David, he, uh, he told the kids that he, he wasn't going to he held me back enough for them to get a head start and he wasn't going to hold me back anymore. And both boys were like, oh no. Oh, man. <laughs> the competition. So you're going to come in for you, kids. Casey Aiden. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like someone slipped Master David a $50 bill. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Remember that, uh, that Seinfeld episode with Kramer where he's, uh, he's doing karate? Fighting kids. And then they find out it's just a kid. He's the only adult in a kid's class. Well, that's me. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. <laughs> and then they jump him in the alley. <laughs> yes. Because he's like dominating the class. Yes. Brutal. Mm. No, or, there uh, are other adults in my class as well. Other parents. So right. it's pretty fun. Mm. Yeah. So uh, fresh off uh, Ice Storm. Mm. You, didn't, oh. you didn't get to see this, but... Uh, ice Storm. Uh, I'm yes. lucky I got out. Jay got out just in time. Of, let's call it mini Ice Storm. No electricity for me for four days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, four days. I was two, two, but I had a window, I know. And then I hosted, so I was tired for other reasons. But it was a holiday weekend anyway, so. So, yeah, so for those of you that live in warm climates, I'm very jealous. But the uh, we had a a rare ice storm that basically busted a whole bunch of tree limbs onto our electrical wires. High tension wires, right? (laughs) So, uh, yeah, we pretty much all of Montreal and the the surrounding areas were... uh, we're out for quite a while. I think there was over a million customers. 1.1 million yeah. homes. Yes. Yeah. 1.1 million. Even more people. Right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It was interesting because it was a four. It was like four hours of bad weather that caused all that chaos. Yeah. I must say that they were not discussing this in Florida at all. No. Eh? no probably not. No, no. no even I'm sure perception. They, no. Well, on that note, because what's interesting about when stuff like this happens is you get to see people's behavior. Yes. <laughs> so today is all about the... Uh, Kind of piggybacking a little bit on our our free workshop next week, our April upcoming workshop, twenty sixth to twenty eighth. Uh, reset your mindset, uh, seven a.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
um, and where we discuss everything mindset uh, to better yourself and your state of mind and your patients for their outcomes and their treatment plans and also out in your community. Um, So back to the ice storm, uh, you got to see how people's people's mindsets were a little bit off. (laughs) People going bananas trying to get gas for generators and so now I know what the zombie apocalypse is going to look like. <laughs> it is uh, not pretty. No. From what a lot of people were telling me in my office afterwards, it, it wasn't always just the lack of electricity. It was the <laughs> lack of communication with no cell phone reception. No cell phone. No, you yes. couldn't phone people. You couldn't use your, like, there was nothing. And that's where they felt really, like, mm-hmm. um, alone and bored, but also worried, right? Worried about loved ones. It's just they weren't used to not having, we're so used to having a smartphone True. in our hands all the time that works. And that was no longer the case. Because going which, back a few years. Which changes from our other big ice storm. Yeah. We didn't have that, right? No, back we a few years, not. right? We all lived through that ice storm. 1998. Um, some of you might mm-hmm. not have been born. But uh, anyways, some Kevin. Of, some of you were Kevin was on his third. third decade of that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 1998. But you're right. We all we had analog phones, so you could at least call. You could at least communicate with people. Yes. Um, yeah. And exactly. uh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So I have to admit, I enjoyed not having a phone. Yeah, 100. percent That would bother me. It was nice. It's a mindset. Actually, I usually don't answer it anyway. So once it's not much of a big deal. Uh, my my observation very quickly on uh, you know definitely I have a sometimes someone say a bizarre outlook on life right I'm very very optimistic and yeah, things we're gonna that's round two today <laughs> round two optimistic we'll get into is not that the adjective I would have picked but whatever we'll, we'll yeah. get in the, we'll get in there <laughs> another bizarre, time yes <laughs> but, along that line <laughs> but immediately uh, actually Kelly will laugh because I had a fl- I had a flip of one of the things getting gas was a, a bit of a panic for me at one point but. As soon as, as soon as I accepted that this was where we're at, and I was like, I actually had fun, right? It was it was neat, and uh, that's a good point. You could uh, acceptance is uh, no yeah. sense fighting it. No sense fighting it. I just oh, I need barbecue. I need propane for the barbecue. I can cook. Uh, you know, a neighbor offered to heat water up for us, and and well, uh, and and it's not we're no. we're in April. It's exactly. not like we're in yes. January where it's minus thirty, which is what happened in. 1998. Yes. We lost it all, but then it was minus 20 for the next week. That was not good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was not good. Anyways, all right, Kev, what do you got for us today? We had a nice segue there, Kev. I did appreciate your little... You like that? That was nice. Well, rehearsed possibly, but I know it wasn't. It was not. That's good. It was not shocking. (laughs) Very shocking. (laughs) Very shocking, because you know me in rehearsing. Oh, so in-depth. Well, today today we're going to talk about a little... Should we talk about our different shades of gray? (laughs) Wow. Seriously. Talk about bizarre segues, yeah? Yes. I guess. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we got... uh, We all got the memo today. (laughs) Three different shades of gray. It is gray outside. Yes, it's a gray day, so... So, uh, It's also one of Sean's favorite movies, the different shades of gray there. Oh, yeah, it's true. Fifty Shades of Gray. (laughs) My favorite book. Good book, right? Yeah, not movies. We'll do a book uh, report on that maybe Mm -hmm. next time. Mm -hmm. Um, Today we're talking about the imposter syndrome. So, uh, Foster syndrome. you know, again, obviously picking backing on a bit of the mindset uh, theme here, we, uh, we've often encountered this, well, one personally with, uh, us starting in practice, uh, and, uh, also then as the clinic grew, um, as having people join us that basically also had, uh, issues with either a lack of confidence and having that feeling that like what I have to offer is maybe not. Uh, adequate to to the scenario or to this person or to even anyone because in the beginning a lot of people don't have that confidence and they 
especially when they join a clinic, let's say where there obviously are some people that have more experience. So they always figure, ah, well, if I really have a hard time, maybe I can just kind of dump them off on someone else that has more experience or, or whatever else. So today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, all the ins and outs of why that happens, tooth, uh, to how to recognize that. And, and then three is what are the solutions to come out of that and build a better state of mind to help your patients and uh, have more of a thriving practice. So maybe we can start off, guys, is uh, when you started off in practice, um, is this something that was a problem for you? I know Jason, yes. Uh, Sean, I'm not too sure. Every day. Uh, <laughs> still, 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 still face those demons. Yeah, yeah. yeah, still face it. I used to find Jay crying in the bathroom all the time. <laughs> I was like, why? Again? Yeah, God, I know. what am I doing? Yeah. Jay, you're not that bad. Uh, yeah. Jeez. I know, I've got like three people booked already this week. <laughs> There's only like three lawsuits, so what? <laughs> Calm down. I've learned to just accept it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'll share my story for sure. When I came out of school, yeah, I'm just, if you guys can sit back and get relaxed for a bit, uh, I can say for sure when I came out of school that I, um, I certainly felt like, I don't know. I certainly felt like some pressure, if you will, right? I came in, I remember graduating university on May the 5th and I was working full time on May the 7th that year. Like I moved provinces and started working within a 48 hour period. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just certainly felt like at the start I was just... I was, I felt somewhat prepared. I remember being really kind of scared with the assessment, the first assessment. And can I find that true thing of what's going on? I remember that used to be in my head a little bit. I, mm. I didn't mind when my boss would refer me clients and I'd be able to treat them and see what they had done and previously for her treatment notes, I was able to follow through that like, that wasn't as difficult. I remember struggling confidence wise with during the assessment periods. Um, but then it didn't last long. I was, I was, I was happy that I saw that when I was getting handed clientele from my boss, um, that they were rebooking with me. They were rebooking. I was able to make a connection. And then, so it wasn't too long I realized, listen, if I can make that connection during a treatment period or during a treatment, there's no reason to believe I can't, you know, perform a, perform a good evaluation and continue on that same model. Um, but a lot of it came down to me just kind of being prepared. But we're going to discuss on our, on our whole Reset Your Mindset is just being prepared when I walked in and making sure I was doing the things that made me at my best. So getting out of rest at night, Eating a good breakfast for me was always important to go in because I used to work in a place where I saw four people an hour. So I was like rock and roll. There was no time for anything like that. So I need I needed proper fuel. Chanting. Uh, proper, a lot of chanting. Yeah. Well, the crying periods too helped. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to let it out. Yeah. yeah. But I really feel like I, um, I just knew it was really important for me to what I did outside of the clinic played a big role in me to be ready when I got inside of the clinic. Mm. And then it was more about just, you know, understanding it and, yeah. and taking the time to see, okay, wait a second. Like I said before, if I can, if they're rebooking with me from regular treatments, what am I worried about? Mm. It was me in my own way. I was, it was my limiting beliefs. That was the real issue, not my skill set. And once I realized that I'm my own barrier and once I was able to identify that, which I was fortunate it didn't take that long, I was able then to say, okay, I can do this. And, and then, my practice grew even faster, right? On my own, not not needing the overflow of clients from my ex-boss. It was just me generating new people to come yeah. in. I was able to then get comfortable with my assessment and then comfortable enough where they were, you know, we talked about our wow factor where they were walking out of their first day saying, wow, I, I really want you to see my work colleague. I want you to see a friend of mine. You made that connection. I was able to make that connection fast and, and that's what kind of moved forward from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, about you, Sean? Uh, very similar, Jay. Uh, just understanding... I think for me, it was uh, really trying to understand uh, what 
my expectations were versus what the expectations of the patient was mm-hmm. uh, or the client. And uh, really, you know, I used to see a lot, when you first start, you see a lot of acute patients, right? Because you're getting a lot of the overflow and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, treating someone who's acute, it takes experience and practice, right? So it was really, again, going, doing what you could do with respect to the, you know, the time you had with the patient. Um, but yeah, I'd be overwhelmed at first. You're seeing these people, they can barely move on your table. You know, you got someone else you're potentially waiting in the waiting room. And uh, so I used to really, really want to, um, you know, want them to leave feeling amazing. And then it wasn't until I managed, again, my expectations and really got good at communicating uh, to what they were expecting that I started to calm down and, and just be comfortable in my own skin. Uh, you know, like you say, understanding my skill set and whatnot, but, uh, definitely imposter syndrome, you know, was, was real when I started as well. Uh, and I, and I think, you know, the more experience I had under my belt and saw people, the more, as Jay said, the more I, I could, I could really kind of get in the zone and calm myself down so that I could, really be in touch and tune with the patient, like I say, what they were hoping to gain. So even just asking them questions, what are you hoping, you know, in my evaluation or in my, you know, what or what what were their goals and objectives, right? So I could understand that and then I could really make sure that the treatment and or the communication was tailored to that so that we were both on the same page so that there wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking I could do something more than I could. They weren't expecting me to do something more that, than I could. Uh, but, um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that, again, I'm sure listening, you guys listening to this, you're all, you can all uh, really, really kind of uh, see yourselves in our shoes and maybe you're seeing it, maybe you're experiencing it now, but uh, there are ways of, of, uh, of working through this and understanding that, uh, that you have what it takes, right? You're yeah. the, you are the professional and you, you have graduated and you're, and you're ready to take on that, that next step full time. On that note, we've had some people join our team over the years and they would struggle with the money part of it, yes. right? A lot of people, if this is your first, you know, out of school, it's your first job as a professional and you're used to making, I know I did, I made you know, barely over minimum wage my whole life before I actually got into my profession. So it was a big difference from, you know, walking out making minimum wage to all of a sudden charging a professional fee. I was like, woof, like... I remember thinking it, it wasn't too bad for me, but Do some I of our clients have said that we've had therapists that didn't want to raise rates for instance and stuff because like, well, I don't know if I, yes. they don't see their own value. value and that, you know, we've had to have some discussions saying like, you know, you've went to school for a long time. You are the expert. You've, you know, even though you're feel like you're not maybe worth it yet, you are. And so, they're looking at you and your expertise and that's what you're, that's what you're worth, right? Some people aren't used to, to charging their worth. Mm-hmm. So it's self doubt in a, in a sense, right? You're, it's a limiting you're, belief, limiting belief, yeah. but it can be in different aspects of practice for you of course. Right? or life. So that's one thing both of you mentioned that's worth uh, coming back on is that when you start for sure, it, it, what you get distracted with is, is the, the immediate result, right? Like you're, you're trying to uh, get an immediate result in order to make sure that that person understands you have uh, the know-how yeah, and yeah. skill set to, to do what you're supposed to do. And we lose sight of uh, having the proper frame of mind uh, to be uh, available for that person and provide the space required for them to heal properly. Mm. So it's very difficult to, like you said, you alluded to, Sean, you said, you know, to calm down 
put yourself into the right frame of mind to be able to do what you need to do on that day and not think of a million things that need to happen potentially weeks from now or whatever it is. So the key part, and I think a good takeaway from what you both of you were saying is really uh, to have that awareness to be able to set the stage properly, make sure you are doing what you need to do for that person and what they can handle on that day. And that's when things will start to work out properly for you. Because uh, when you try and do more or try and skip steps because you're worried that someone's just, you know, never going to come back, well, right away, you're going to have a hard time building a clientele because uh, the person, like uh, we were talking about a bit of that before, Jay, was um, the person's going to feel that. They're going to feel that you're, you're, you're not really uh, into what you're doing right now. You're worried about maybe potentially what's you need to worry about in two, three sessions from now. So again, like Sean was saying, uh, the communication with the patient's so key at explaining that and all those expectations and letting them know that, listen, this is what we're seeing with you, using that to your advantage to make sure that you are on the right course and that you're providing the things they need on that particular day. Um, so I think that's a huge one for people starting out is just to take a few moments. Well, one, two, we'll give some examples of things you can do, like Jay was saying, outside of the office to put yourself in the right frame of mind before you even come in. Mm -hmm. uh, and then from patient to patient, how do you reset yourself, you know? So um, what maybe we can get into some of that is talk about some of those tricks of what we do uh, to stay in that uh, frame of mind. And, and why is that so essential in your words to um, the patient, to the outcomes of their healing process? Uh, and uh, maybe we could just maybe touch a little bit on what their role and is and all that. And is their frame of mind important to this whole process or is it all on us? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, I mean, um, in between clients, when we I'll start there. So we, yeah. I, you'll leave the office with my client or let them change if they if they've got to change before they come down. And you know, we do the same thing, right? Go down, quick uh, wash of the hands, get some a new towel. And but what I like to do before I go back up is take a few deep breaths just to center myself. I find that breath work is the humming, best. Humming, eh? You do a lot of humming. Well, I breathe, I hum, <laughs> and then I chant, <laughs> and then I cry. Yeah, and single tear though, and then I breathe it's, again. It's a single tear now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just his left eye. Used to be a lot of. He's got he a used bum to sob. Eye. He's got a bum eye. I see. Yeah. <laughs> it was sobbing, but now it's just it's yeah. a gentle, gentle tear. Gentle tear. Wipe it yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. No, I usually just breathe a couple. Of, this it doesn't take long, right? It's just it's a, mm. it's it's a way to almost like it's like hitting a golf ball, right? Before I hit my putt or before I take a drive, I've got my same pre-shot routine. It's the same thing for before I go to my office. That's Couple quick, you know, couple breaths, not quick, but you should couple tell breaths. Them your aftershot routine when you duff it, like what do you do there? <laughs> so there's <laughs> smashing of the club, yeah. a lot of swearing, a lot of expletives. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, that only happens, you know, every other hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. So I, I, you know, a few, a few deep breaths just to center myself, so I can walk in because usually my my next client's already waiting for my for me in the room unless it's someone that's new. And I just go in, you know, making sure that I can come in and be centered, set for the yeah. for the next person. Um, so what, stop, I'll stop you there. Yeah, Sean, what's your what's one of yours? Keep in mind that we're going to keep going with the the multiple questions that I threw out. Sure, there. perfect. But, uh, so yours, Sean, what's yours? Uh, yeah, I, in, I have a routine. I have a routine as well. So definitely um, push ups. 
Yeah, uh, lately I've been yeah back to kind of getting my uh, physical physical health is mental health mental health is physical. So I've been uh, trying to find ways to get my fitness. be less mental. Yeah, be less mental. Get my <laughs> and get back into my body. So uh, working out was a big thing for me. But yeah. three young kids and busy practice and all their schedules and whatnot. Um, a lot of rage. So we installed a pull up bar here at the, going into our break room, and we in have case some, it, in case it wasn't obvious. Yeah, five years ago. In case uh, it wasn't obvious, <laughs> five years ago, and we've had multiple <laughs> we times had to dust we, it off, but we did well for a while, and then we, we got off it for. So uh, I like to do five quick quick pull ups and ten uh, push ups between patients after, and then wash my hands, and then um, uh, same I sort of thing. It's been a gravitational we, change. Yeah, or like it seems harder than it used to be. No. <laughs> Totally agree, particularly with the pull-up yeah. portion. Of the pull-up portion, and uh, so I'll do that throughout the day, in between clients or patients, um, and then uh, I, I do something very similar. I definitely uh, take a few deep breaths before I walk into the room, and um, make sure that I am as present as possible for for that patient. Mm. So I, I, a golf analogy for me, I remember uh, I used to have like uh, four Fs. I used to say f- feel. Don't say um, it. Don't say it. <laughs> one of them is not an explosive. It would be feel, focus, um, forget, because I was the, forget the last shot, mm-hmm. and fun. That was that was in golf I used to say to myself. I still say that once in a while. Now I think I just say be athletic and have fun because I don't get out as much as I used to. But uh, definitely you want to you want to forget what you, you know, the the patient that you were with so that you can be present and focused on the patient. There's another one, focus. Be present yeah. on the on the patient that you're about to uh, to commit to and uh, and and help, right? And be there. So and am I some days I'm better at this than others, right? Some days I can be distracted if uh, if there is something in between uh, well, a patient. The- so. Hey guys, it's Sean, Kevin, and Jason here from osteomentorship.com. Today, we'd like to tell you about the Masters in Business for Osteopaths. It's an eight-week live interactive online program empowering you with a solid business framework to build your practice fuller and faster with confidence. This live interactive program is a pivotal business training program developed by osteopaths for osteopaths that will challenge you to execute at your highest level. Your MBO bridges the gap between your formal education and real life practice success. Please visit us at osteomentorship.com forward slash MBA. I'm glad you brought that up because there are, obviously it's like anything, right? Like doing meditation where you're in a, a quiet room when no one's bothering you and everything's perfect. Uh, that That's one way. And then what do you do when you're in the chaos? You know, like, so there are going to be days where it's harder because you know, because we're human beating on the kids in the morning before you leave for work uh, to, you know, like things just not necessarily going the way you planned. Um, these are all opportunities for us to be aware of that and, and to bring it back to that state again. And the more we do it, the more it can take over and really become more of a, uh, automated response to you drop in quicker. Yeah. So I liked your, the way, what you guys described, because for, for me too, it's very, very similar. It's just more of a, um, um, uh, breathing between patients, but more about the focus, like the, the focus on that person that's sitting there waiting. You do like a counterclockwise turn. I turn left go, twice before you go into the room, right? Left twice, yeah. two yells. And then a quick little sage burn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, the ghost. sage. Yeah. 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 Some chanting. <laughs> this sometimes. way, this way. Depends. Like I chant. That's also something he talks about the counterclockwise or yeah. clockwise. That was something else you had to do. Yeah. Right? It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's another podcast. Um, 
but yeah, it's the focus on the person up there. Okay. To be present for what that person needs on that day. So yeah. really like being attentive to like, okay, what do they really need? Don't forget about what I think should happen. Mm. What are they telling me? So if I put that focus out there, then, then everything tends to calm down and, and I'll get the right information for yeah. that person on that day. And you can feel it right when you walk. That's why it's so nice to center before you walk in because you know you look at your client and you right away you can feel where they're at, right? Yeah, within seconds, and then you yep. and then you're you're able to get to that spot. I have a little qu uh, question. What do you think of this? Oh, no so, in, in, when we talk about imposter syndrome, but oftentimes you hear people say, "Oh, fake it till you make it." What do you guys think about that? And what's your take on that? I don't know. In what sense, fake it till you? Well, it's just the you know I, I find that. I guess maybe I'll run with this question. I find that I find that confusing. <laughs> Let me answer the I find that confusing for people, right? Fake it till you make it, meaning um, like uh, again, we we like to say that you've already made it, right? So yeah. I guess uh, just what you said really hit home for that sentence um, is that you know just be present, mm. be confident. Um, confidence happens, you know, with repetition. Right? It's similar to what we tell frequency over time, right? How do you get people well? Um, the but universal I, I law get, of healing. I get what you're saying too, because what's going to happen sometimes is yeah. you can do these these uh, things in your routine, to, and you get up there, and and you can still feel like feel this sense anxious. of maybe uh, maybe a lack of confidence, maybe a bit of anxiety, maybe so. But you can still be present, yeah. and even though you you're feeling these things, right? So try and really focus again on that person. person. So you, I, that's kind of like faking it because you're, you're, you're discussing it and you're okay. communicating that way, but you don't necessarily feel a hundred percent. Let's gotcha. So that could be a good way to just remind yourself, even though you feel a certain way is to communicate in a way that you're still there for that person, even mm -hmm. though you might not feel a hundred percent. And I could, I can understand that kind of. Yeah. Uh, that statement, if you will, for a newer grad, let's say, yeah. I, it's just saying like, yes, you might not feel like you're super experienced and you do lack experience, but the client expects you to be the expert anyway. So mm -hmm. it's up to you to not pretend like you are the, but you are the authority and yeah. yes, you don't have experience, but ne nevertheless, you are the expert in the room between you and your client. You're still the expert. So you have to not fake it, but you have to. Be professional, mm -hmm. and, and you, you have to. You don't need experience to listen. That's right. Exactly. You don't, you, exactly. But that's and where I think. That's why I don't love right? the statement. I don't yeah. really love that I, statement. I, I don't love the statement either. But I can, yeah. I can, I can understand it for what it is in a limited mm -hmm. capacity in in something like in that form. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay. So let's uh, go back to the original set of questions here. So we we talked a little bit about the routine, um, pre pre treatment routine, pre treatment right? routine. So then second was a little yeah, bit of context on the importance of uh, the the patient's state of mind. Mm -hmm. So can you guys discuss maybe just uh, briefly like what you would do in a situation where you know the patient is perhaps in a state where it's not conducive to them getting better, what would you do in that scenario? Well, I mean, first of all, it comes down to us being in the proper mindset when we're in the room so yeah. that we are able to receive information or the appropriate information from the client that's in front of you. So that kind of piggybacks on the first part, but that's where you're at. And like you said, you can kind of feel where they're at. So this was probably a little more difficult for me in the earlier years than it is now about it has to be addressed, right? It's day two of our, of our reset. Your mindset mm -hmm. is about that. It's about um, educating and empowering your client about 
how important their mindset is for them to be in the optimal state for healing and for them just to live their life. So I think it has to be addressed. You have to do it in, a, in the right context. And maybe it's not that day. You have to really listen and see where they're at. Um, but if this is something that you've noticed in them regularly, then certainly you've got to, or I feel like you have to discover and plan your avenue that you can intervene and, and help them uh, move forward and help them see how their mindset is playing a role in, in their life. Right. Through, so through like shaming and stuff like that. Yeah. Mostly I try to get it on video yeah. and then I play back. I, well, I post it first <laughs> and then I show them the comments that are come up. <laughs> no, I think it's just that it, it's, it's just about, I think it's so important for them. Like I, we just did something this recently where people will say, I'm, I'm just never going to get better. So I, I yeah. kind of will call them on it. But I like mm-hmm. what Sean, you said in many previous episodes where you're like, first of all, you have to see where they are. If they're, if they're low, you've got to get low mm-hmm. with them and bring them up. If they're high, you've got to get high and bring them back to where you feel like you're really resonating with them at the, at the appropriate level, if you will. But then yes. And then bring it to their attention. Like, you know, you lost you Kev, keep, I get you, high with them. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's going on in your yeah. office? You keep saying to, uh, for instance, I'll say to people, you keep saying to me how you never feel like you're going to get better. And then I'll say, well, listen, like, yeah, you're right. You're, you're not. If you keep thinking that, then yeah. it's, it's just explaining to them. If you keep thinking that way, then of course you're not going to get better because mm. what you're putting out to the universe is, is that. So mm. guess what? That's what the universe keeps handing you back. So I try to use it as a, as a chance for education. Mm. Uh, sometimes I'll recommend books for them to read on, on that so mm. they can kind of explore it outside of my office. Cause I'm, you know, I'm not an expert by any stretch, but I do understand the importance it plays in the healing process. Yeah. So what about that's the, what um, now that I'm thinking about it, what's the, the, uh, Japanese doctor's research on water? Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, something Yakamoto. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. What the, was that called again? The the the, the hidden messages in water. No. Yes, hidden Maybe. messages in water. I can look it so up. So just just you know to give to give some context to people too about you know what what are you talking up because people chalk that up to being oh I got to be positive okay yeah well I am positive and it doesn't work or it's like you know it does boil down to like what we said before about belief too right like the hidden, hidden messages, messages in, in water, water book by Masaru Emoto. 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 Uh, so that was a great book just yeah, to show the impact of, because we're, you know, every cell, every thing in our body has, has water, you know? So the, the importance of what we, uh, think and, uh, how feel. we perceive and feel things on a regular basis has a huge impact on the state of being of the body, uh, and the context of reality. So it's very important to like what you're saying about what Sean was saying about knowing what level this person's at and how much can I give them for them to integrate that because mm-hmm. you know you could be talking about universe stuff and the person's just like wow i'm not he actually back. he actually is <laughs> or or no you I, i'm shocked I, I think most people are very open uh to uh the the idea so it is again a bit of practice i think in the dialogue uh, with the patient. And, uh, so some of that we'll discuss uh, in the workshop as well. Yeah. And if you've, you, yeah, if you've listened to any of our previous podcasts, um, we do talk a bit about, uh, the structure of our patient communication yeah. and our flow. Um, so we do cover times, uh, you know, when it is time to, to be the professional and to, um, intervene. Yeah. Intervene. Yeah. And, and also, uh, Jason, you, you really kind of, uh, spoke about this, but understanding uh, all the tools of communication that you have um, 
at your disposal and really, really, like you say, if you're centered and you're, and you're listening to who this patient is and you've read over their intake form and you've performed an, a, an amazing evaluation and, and uh, health history, you have a really good idea of what they've done, mm-hmm. who's tried to help them, where they're at, um, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And, and then with your, again, with your, with practice and confidence and expertise, you'll know where you can start them, how much you think that they're willing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it becomes uh, really good at, uh, again, just listening, listening with, uh, with your ears, your eyes, your, your, um, your hands, right? So that you can understand and then being the professional and um, and getting a commitment from them. So so we, we talked about this all the time, but just making sure that they know that this is not just you. You're, they're not here for you to, to to work alone. That this is uh, that both parties need to be committed. Um, I find that if they do have a goal and an objective, and that you can you know something that's beyond just oh I've got to get rid of this pain, right? Something that they're working towards. You know whether it's picking their grandkids up off the floor. And you really reiterate that in the plan that you're proposing, and you um, and you get buy-in for that, then then the outcomes will will be way better than if they're just kind of going through the motions. Or, but yeah, you really got to understand all aspects of uh, you know the role that we play as a therapist. We're you know we're not just a technician, right? You've got to understand. You got to understand a little bit about. Um, you know, the, the context emotion, of how they're living. The context yeah. of how they're living. Yeah. Uh, the emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. The soft skills, the people skills, so that you know when uh, and if this patient needs a bit of a nudge or a kick in the behind, or if this patient needs more of encouragement or more of support. And then there are various ways to offer that um, that's uniquely tailored to the individual in front of you. So. I, I like when you, when you mentioned about the pit, it's not only the pain part, right? But for me... I think that's a big one. Like people coming in, obviously they want some people are motivated by pain. They want to be pain free. Yeah, like no kidding. Like that's why they're coming. Uh, but what do they really need? You yeah, know? like what, what? What's really going on with them? Uh, when you can just be open to talking, and it, which is great because you'll often find when you start working with someone that they'll start discussing the exact thing that basically was the foundational element to them getting in that predicament in the first place Mm -hmm. now whether or not they can see the connection between the two that's something different and and again it doesn't mean uh, in visit one that you're getting into all the ins and outs of of the connection between mind body but uh something to keep in mind uh to improve treatments is is really to pay attention to the whole context of how they're living what potentially is not um in sync with them to uh, to have uh, brought them into that space where that the body starts to respond that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are those are some things to think about for sure. Um, so that's not bad. I didn't. Those are very good uh, summaries, boys. I love <laughs> it. Very very good. Well, uh, how, we, we, how do you know when you are in the proper mindset? How, maybe we can just say like, how do you sure. know when? Yeah. You're feeling like an imposter or you're... Uh, yeah, or when you know things are going, what, what are some of the signs? I think that was one of your questions at the end. What are some of the signs I, or solutions that we can have? I think we talked about solutions for the most part. Yep. But signs, like how do you know when you're, when you know you're at your best, how do you feel walking into your office or how do you, how yeah. do your interactions with your clients go when you're at your best versus when you're not at your best? Yeah, de- definitely. Th- communication is, is, uh, is 
effortless. Um, you can feel, uh, yeah, you can feel both parties involved. I think it's, uh, has to do a lot to do with the energy exchange. So you can feel when you're in sync, you can feel when, uh, they I, are, I agree with the feel part because here, yeah. if you're not, yeah. you'll feel nothing. Exactly. That's why I want so, to say this stuff. Exactly that. So you're, you're the information you're able to obtain yeah. the communication, the, the, when both parties are in sync, it's like a beautiful dance. Right. And, um, and the, the you will feel accomplished in your treatment the patient will will have heard you and and the accepted what you did and they're willing to you know continue the journey towards towards whatever their goal is and they're usually booking an appointment a follow-up if they're not already pre-booked but yes you can i guess it is it's a feel right feel from um like I say, on multiple levels, you're feeling the information you need to you need to feel in order to make the right uh, treatment and corrections for the patient on that given day, and they're and they're receiving what you're uh, you know what you're serving up. There you go. Yeah, I think I I, I totally agree. Like it, so intuitively, uh, you're going to be off for sure. That's yeah. one big sign uh, that you're not in the right state of mind. Mm -hmm. uh, you. The normal information you would get when someone comes in to um, uh, to having uh, the ability to understand where they're at, uh, all that can be clouded by you not being in the right space. You're right? distant. You're so then what happens is most people start panicking and then they go into the nuts and bolts of uh, evaluation uh, techniques and things like that to, um, and, and to not try and figure it out on a mental capacity. And not trusting what they're even finding. <laughs> trusting what they're finding. So you, you can have that sense of like you're not really getting to what's really going on with that person. I, I think that's a big challenge. Uh, Tell, tell that you're uh, probably not in the right state of mind when you're coming in your office. <clears throat> People can feel that too. Right? 100%. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. to me, it's like yeah. when you feel like you're struggling to get in the flow. Mm. Right? The, the second person comes in, you're like, oh my gosh, it's like this, what's going on here? Like, just things aren't really working out like they should. And we know it inside, we're like, oh my gosh, like, I don't feel it either. And it's how to snap out of it. But certainly not being in a state of flow is a big sign that you're, mm. that you're struggling, right? Your, your mindset's off or you're, or your clients is off and you're not able to right the ship, if you will, mm -hmm. versus when things are going very well, things come easy. The, the communication comes easy. The feedback, the information you receive is easy. And then, and then the communication for that moving forward is, is there. So I think that's really what I kind of just said to tie up with. I know you're trying to wrap it up, which is good, but just to have that, I think is uh, important to, so you can see it in your office. How do you know? How do you know that you're mm. not doing well or what does it feel like to be in your, in mm. your proper state? Interesting. You just said it 100% and it made me think of a, an analogy. So in a relationship, um, you have to be 100% present for the 50% that you bring to that interaction, right? So whether it's a client therapist relationship, whether it's with your partner, your spouse, or people in general, right? People can feel when you're not there. So if you're not showing up 100% for the 50% of the, of the equation, then communication doesn't take place, right? And it's interesting because they say it's like a it's a double whammy. So let's say you're ten percent not there, right? Well, then it's they can't access ten percent of you. So now it's a twenty percent deficit. Super interesting. That's a uh, I forget who was talking about that. I heard it on a podcast recently. But nonviolent communication. It's a really really Sesame interesting. Yeah, Sesame mm -hmm. Street. Exactly. I think it was was it Grover? No, it was <laughs> Big Brother Oscar. Epic. Oscar Sounds the like Grudge. <laughs> Oscar the Grudge. But it's a it's a neat analogy, and and we know I know, and I'm not fully there, and and it doesn't 
Well, even same thing. I didn't say it in your hands, right? You're yep. struggling to, for your balance point to find a still point, right? It takes so much longer to get that release because you're just not quite able to like the let body, it happen. The body's laughing you're, at you. You're in the way, right? You're you're just not able to reach those that that calmness as quickly as you normally maybe would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, that's when it takes you for a ride. So yeah. Yeah. You could. Yeah. So we we feel you. Imposter syndrome is real. Yes. And, uh, yes. So we. But there's. A solution. There's, There's a solution. A solution. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully you guys can join us uh, for the free workshop next week. Uh, so that's April 26th to the 28th. That was great selling. Great selling. Okay. AM hopefully Eastern you can Standard join us. Time. We want you guys to be there for the workshop. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. It's interactive yeah. too, right? Yes. We get to talk for a little bit. We open up the floor for the last 10 or 15 minutes for questions, comments, ideas, uh, yeah. sharing what... What maybe you do for your mindset or your client's mindset. Could be a lot of crying, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you may see Jay, Kevin cry. Jay might cry. Uh, I'll show you chanting, his one, his one tier. Chanting. One tier technique. Yeah. yeah. The one tier chant. Squeeze the other one side. <laughs> Just do the alternate tiers. Uh, yeah. So what are those dates again, Kev? What do we got? Uh, April 26th to the 28th, 7 a.m. Bright and early Eastern Standard Time. Wow. This one went long today, boys. Yep. 39 minutes. Oof. Oof. So might have lost a few people, I think. <laughs> or in the first six minutes. First yeah, six it's minutes. Usually the first six minutes. Yeah. That's the gold, usually. That's the gold. Actually, circling right back, Master David. What he did last week with the kids it was all about about um, you know, he asked if uh, what it what what it took to be confident, right? For doing the different uh, moves and the teguks, they call them like the katas or whatever. And kids were answering different things, and uh, one of the kids says, practice. And he goes, Exactly. He goes, the more you practice these things, the more confident you'll become and the, and the easier it is to do them. Right. And he goes, but it's okay to make mistakes to get up, but just practice. We got to have master Dave on. Don't even know what the context is. Is in the car yesterday driving home and my, my middle child said, well, to quote Bruce Lee, I don't (laughs) fear the man that's uh, practiced 10,000 kicks. I practice, I fear the man that's practiced the same kick 10,000 times. And I love it. Nice. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. It's good wisdom. Jeez. So we will, an arsenal of knowledge here. Mm. We'll see you next week. All right, Hopefully guys. you enjoyed the show this week. Ciao. Peace. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something. Or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week. And be sure to share with a friend.